In this episode, you'll get to hear some electric bike talk, two strokes, and you'll learn just how bad Jimmy's addiction is. Here's the show. Live from Pahrump. Did I do that right? Live I'll, I'll from do it one more time. Early? Okay. Live from Pahrump, Valley of the Dirt People, home of more Husebergs per capita than any other city in the United States. I'm positive about this now. This is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is the show where we talk about motorcycle and motorcycle-related products. My name is Jimmy Lewis. I'm a washed-up ex-motorcycle racer, former journalist. Um, I teach motorcycle riding schools now, like most washed-up riders. And Matt, I'm complimenting on your shirt tonight. Thank you. Thank you. We were, uh, we're kind of similar. Yeah, uh, dress right. code tonight. I think I think mine's a nicer, softer material. No, is no, that soft material? I have a nicer, softer material, but mine uh, mine's starting to show its wear. I've had this one for about eighteen months now. Uh, I yeah. think I need to. I might need to trade it in for yeah, a new one. Yeah, you should wear more than one shirt in your life. Uh, <laughs> I just get so proud to represent. The Seat Concepts Hot Seat Hotline is open tonight. It's done via a Zoom chat, so we are going to share that in the um, in the chat. So it will go up in both on Facebook and YouTube, and you can link into that, and then Matt will screen you, essentially. It's in the description as well. Uh, the prerequisite for you coming on live is you need to put your question in the chat. Otherwise, you will not be brought on live. Right. And so, so yeah, go into the chat, put your question up in the chat, and then come on. You'll, you'll be on the you'll, – he'll see you on the screening thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh, Mark. Oh, Mark Daniels. I feel, uh, yeah. So, oh, so, okay. Brightest. So that donkey, that, that Ricky Brabeck guy. I thought it was, is it Brabeck? Bra? Brabeck? Brabeck? Brabeck. Yeah. Well, no, it's, that's what my phone calls him. Okay. So he was here that day and he, he, he had to take off. And then I found out it was Valentine's day. So it was a pretty understandable reason to take off. Mm -hmm. And then like the next day he had to fly out to go to, 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 Dubai? Dubai, yeah. yeah. So he was on he was on a mission. So it didn't get signed. So I totally screwed up because all I was doing was just insulting him the whole time, you know, telling him, Oh, you're so pee whipped, you have to run away. And uh mm -hmm. and actually I didn't even know it was Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh I know it's some good fun. And uh just for that, I will reward myself with a shot of nice tequila on your behalf because it's Ooh. Tech Talk Taco Tuesday and tequila night here in Pahrump. Yeah. So for some of us, Hey, uh, super stoked on all the people joining in. We had a kind of a, we did something last week because I was, uh, down in Baja. Mm -hmm. I did the ver course verification for the Nora Mexico 1000 for the motorcycles. And so I did a peninsula run essentially. Yeah. Was gone for five days, six, well, seven really to total driving to the border and however we did it. Uh, so did that was busy, um, you know, making sure that those road books are going to be good. Spent a lot of time, uh, on the motorcycle, which is great. So had some fun times there, I think, but it was work, a lot of work and yeah, they, they did, they couldn't make the days long enough, uh, in daylight. And they also couldn't make the. Uh, you broke the TV. Good. Okay. We're back. <laughs> so, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of miles. I'm pretty, pretty happy with, uh, what, how we turned out. And then I'm going to talk about my addiction tonight. I really have to kind of, uh, 
break this down a little bit, uh, right. explain it to everybody. So we'll, we got a lot of stuff. It's a big horsepower show is what I like to say. So I feel like you could end up on like one of those My Strange Addiction shows. It's going to be more like, no, it's going to be more like behind the music. Got it. And because it's, I think... You know how that you know how just you just you're just peaking everything's going great mm -hmm. and and then and then you have to hit rock bottom somehow yeah yeah think that I think we're somewhere we we're I don't know where we're at we, okay. we could be either point that's the problem is I don't know but it's it's a, so we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later on so mm -hmm. yes the seat concepts hot seat hotline you click in link in the chat put your question in the uh, thing. Yep, it is in the chat. It's also in the description of the video. Somebody said it's where they filmed the eyes have. Oh, hills, the hills have, eyes. have eyes. Is that Prump? Uh, no, Prump gives the vibe of that movie. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. We're on that cop, that new cop show that they don't call cops anymore. Mm -hmm. We're yeah. on that. We're on that one, and I, I keep getting my friends that tell me it's like, hey, you should go be like a Willie Boys. Yeah, and yeah. and get chased around. Hey, you notice the Willie Boys don't come around anymore? No, no, yeah. Notice, I because I because I gave them shit. You gave him shit. Got it. Well, I mean, they'd yeah. willy by here and I just talk shit on him. Yeah. Yeah. And it got back to him. Is I, I heard this. It got back to him. Yeah. And they 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 thought they were all badass wheelie guys. And I said they were not very bad. There's one guy that could actually pull wheelies. The mm -hmm. other ones were all just janky willy weenies. Yeah. They couldn't yeah. do it. And it and it stopped because they, you know, they got insulted. Right. But the funny thing is, is it it's kind of starting back up. And I don't know if these Willie boys know this. The other guys knew who I was and they were doing it just to like, you know, hey, we're going to go ride by when he's doing a show and make Willie noises. Mm -hmm. So there's new Willie boys. There's new Willie weenies in town. Oh, boy. And they really suck. Oh, these really? Guys re they, they can't even, they, they don't even see like maybe nine o'clock. They're, they're kind of like power Willie guys, but they usually bog mm -hmm. or, or they, they Willie and then they, they loop. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which so, I got a, I, I got a video to show you after I, the show, by the way. I've never seen I've never seen a loop out, but when I saw like um Wheelie Weenie number seven or something cruising mm -hmm. with his subframe all bent up and his his fender <laughs> <laughs> I I just I just yeah guy that guy. Yeah guy. Yeah. My, <laughs> so. I think my favorite my favorite wheelie boy I've ever seen was the guy I just met out in the desert and he had no rear fender. Oh. And, and I asked him, hey, where's your rear fender? And he said, oh, yeah, I like to do wheelies. Yeah. yeah. I, and you know what? Maybe I just, it's the same guy. KX? It could be. No, yeah. no. This guy was on a YZ250. This was like back when I was in high school. Ooh. This is uh, uh, at least five or six years ago. Uh, right. Hey, well, this show would not be possible to help with some great sponsors. Uh, you know, we're Blue Crew. Yeah, I wrote yep. Blue Crew. Uh, I'm uh, currently a T. Seven Tenere seven hundred guy. You are a YZ two fifty FX guy. Yeah, loving super it. blue crew. Uh, I'm not exclusively blue crew, but I, I, I do ride a lot of blue crew, and I'm happy about it. So thanks to Yamaha for supporting the show. They have go to yamahamotorsports.com. They're they win everything. Bikes are winning a lot. <laughs> Taco Moto big sponsor. They sponsor our Rooster Endo segment. If you're not familiar with Rooster Endo. This is a segment, the end of the show, kind of in our second half, typically. We mix it up. We don't have a we have a we have a really strict format here that we never follow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a tight ship that goes around its course loosely. Right. It's like a sailboat in a vacuum. 
I'm not following that one. Okay, good. Not, not your best one. Yeah. Just, just, it wouldn't work. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just like this show. So we're, we're talking about motorcycle, motorcycle related products. Takamoto sponsors Rooster Endo. Rooster Endo is where you send in a picture of your bike. You tell us the modifications you've done to it. You know, just give us a list. Your make and model. This is important. Your name, your your make and model, and a nice picture of your bike. And if you've watched the segment before, you'll know that we pick on your picture or we we you know we we read a lot into it. Mm-hmm. And we usually do four or five, whatever, per show. Yeah. We got a hundred dollar gift certificate from Takamoto. For the winner, the, and the winner is the one that provides us the most entertainment, or it could be the best bike. Doesn't really matter. It could be the, the worst. Night. It could be the worst bike, or it's the guy that I insult the most on accident. So, uh, Roostrando brought to you by Takamoto. Of course, we're big supporters of Climb, and I was really comfy today, going 107 miles an hour in my Climb gear. Mm-hmm. Yep. You want to know why I went 107 miles an hour? No. I think we'll find out later. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Uh, Scott sports. I was wearing Scott sports goggles when I was doing 107 and my eyes weren't watering. Mm-hmm. Uh, DDC makers of fine chain wheels. I just got a whole bunch of KTM fifties. I'm super stoked because I can get rid of some of the 48s. So KTM 50 tooth sprockets. 50 tooth sprockets. Okay. Yeah. Cause KTM when you said KTM fifties, yeah. I was like, Oh wait, I didn't They see. just, they just came back in stock. So nice. it's, it's good. Nice. So I, I got, got those. I'm, I'm basically, I got a couple bike, new, newer bikes, had to get those junky stock sprockets or after other aftermarket sprockets off uh trail tech used a voyager pro all the way down to cabo actually we did too me and mike shirley we were buddy tracking each other mike from rally navigator mm-hmm. rally navigator the best rally navigation software known to man uh, they're always improving it uh every day they make improvements yeah because it's everybody wants something else and better and different like i mm-hmm. constantly complain about it even though it's the best out there, it's <laughs> well, that, that and you, you complaining about it is what makes it the best out there. That, there's a lot of people that are doing the same thing, but we, yeah. but it's just, it's sunk. It's come so far. And so if you really want to make a good road book, go to rallynavigator.com. fast company. I put the little fast company, um, brake return spring on my KTM 500 that I rode down there. Okay. And I'm super happy with that. So they make, of course, flex handlebars. There's no way I can ride day after day after day. Mm-hmm. And my wrists are a little swollen. Mm-hmm. It's because I rode something today without flex handlebars. Mm. And I'm starting to feel it. Seat Concepts, bringing you the hot seat hotline. That is uh, up in the chat. Boys and girls, if you want to call into the show. Um, I had someone ride a rental bike today with the Seat Concepts seat. And yep. they, they commented on it. It was like, wow, this is a really comfortable seat. It, yeah, especially if you've come off of stock onto something mm-hmm. like one of their comfort seats. I've run the the tall seat on my Tenere 700. Love it. Yep. It's tall and comfortable and extra comfortable. So they make a lot of different seats. They'll basically fit your needs, whatever they are. And uh, Bulletproof Designs, makers of fine protection products for your dirt bike. I'm loving their radiator guards I have on a couple of the bikes. Mm-hmm. And especially that little chain guide protector on the KTMs is kind of a vital thing. If you're going to be bashing it through the rocks, double take mirrors. Um, I, I, um, cleaned myself up, did a little shaving today. Oh, really? How do you think I know how I got the back of my head? You just double take, double take mirror. That's right. (laughs) They're on my dirt bikes. They're in my bathroom. So, uh, right on to all of our sponsors. I'd like to thank everybody, uh, that helps us out. If you want to help us out, 
You can always uh, click through our Rocky Mountain ATVMC links. That's super helpful. Very helpful. They Those are up on the dirtbiketest.com. We have Amazon uh, link up there. If you're shopping on Amazon, buying whatever crazy stuff you guys are buying, uh, gives us a little cut and we really do appreciate it. It makes it so that I can pay Matt. And yourself. It helps you buy the bikes that uh, it helps, we're going to talk help, about later. Helps me, yeah, helps me subsidize my bad habit. It doesn't really pay. <laughs> this doesn't pay. <laughs> it it's it's we're trying to make it pay. We're getting better. Oh so, yeah, it's getting better. And uh, I just on the con on the to uh, topic of getting paid, I want to say thank you everyone for the support. Okay, Looking at the analytics, this it's actually growing. Like we're seeing meaningful results. Yeah, from no, everyone it's good. sharing. It's, I, so tell, I appreciate everyone. Yeah, tell your friend. You know, if if you, if they hear you listen to it or you're listening to it and say, hey, these guys are actually. They're a bunch of donkeys, but they I do learn something on each show. Mm -hmm. So we're going to try to dive into the weeds here uh, with the questions. I'm just going to straight in the questions. I'll stop telling stories, but I do want to thank our sponsors. Like I said, uh, they do make it possible. Um, Double Tech Mirrors, Boltproof Design, Sea Concepts, Fast Company, Trail Tech, DDC, Climb, Scott Sports, Takamoto, and of course, Yamaha. And if you want to learn how to ride a dirt bike better, Mm -hmm. become a better rider. I know a guy named Jimmy Lewis. Yeah. I have to live with this jerky all the time mm -hmm. and he can help you. In fact, I was actually going to go out on a, on a limb and say that if you want to sign up for my class, you want to come to my class. I have one in a couple weeks. It's like two weeks. And you put like, if you sign up and you put Tech Talk Taco Tuesday as your age or something like, I don't know if it'll allow you to do that in this sign form. I was going to give you a money back guarantee that you will. You have to wait six months, mm -hmm. but if you wait six months and you come back to me and you give me a good valid reason why this this class did not make you a better rider and make you completely rethink the way that you ride and make you have more fun, use less energy, become quicker, whatever you want to do, I'll give you your money back. Or, or you can prorate me because the class costs a thousand bucks. But if you want to come into this class and take this class, we have some openings. I, in, in six months, if you take this class and you send me a nice email that explains why you didn't feel like you got your thousand dollars value, like it wasn't better than your exhaust pipe or your, or your ECU that you bought, I'll mm -hmm. bet you like, that's, this is what I'm betting you right now that that you would uh, you would learn something, and I'm not I'm not kidding because I'm passionate about it. I like to see people because I had a couple of people like Mike Shirley took class a couple of years ago, and he was commenting the whole time down in Baja how much it's changed the way he's riding because he had he had no idea he'd been riding for five six seven years yeah yeah and he had no idea and he was asking me about like certain things just just these questions and he goes because in the class you said this and I've been doing this and I'm like oh. That, that that's close, but you're doing it just a little bit wrong. So it's kind of mm -hmm. like a tune-up. And he's like, I need to come back and take it again. So, anyways, a plug cool. for my school. They yeah. actually they're my main sponsor. The Ryan School. They allow me to be here. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we're both wearing uh, their shirt right now. Well, because I got it for free. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll dive into Dave questions. Donnelly. Hey, Dave, you you follow me on social media, right on. You blew that. You in the chat. He just. We were trying to keep it a little secret, and Dave went and 
exposed it. Exposed it. it. But, well, you know, well, that's we'll, why you got to look at the chat every can, once in a uh, while. That's what's fun about this live show. There's a lot of dynamics going on. Yeah, yeah. And if you put your question in the chat, we'll get to it. But we'll uh, start off with some questions. 628 Motorsports has one. Uh, Jimmy, one issue that seems to be rammed at us are e-bikes. Oh, yeah. We need to talk about the IMS show. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Do you have that on your notes? The uh, the International Motorcycle Show we went to two weeks ago that we haven't AIM? had a show since? AIM. Yeah. AIM. American International Motorcycle Show. Yeah, yeah. AIM. I, I, we can talk about that. Yeah, we, we can talk, talk about the uh, the KTM free ride that wasn't a KTM free ride, but it has some of the things we wanted the free ride to have. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, when it seems to be rammed down us are e-bikes, I believe without being a Luddite that EVs are a very bad thing. What do you think? the effect of electric dirt bikes will be. I think they released a new one today. Yeah. An I saw 85, it was, um, it's like a flutz or something like that or a flux or yeah. Yeah. 85 horsepower. 85. It's five more than the Stark Varg. And it, yeah. And, and, and they said, Hey, we're not going to tease you. We're just going to show you our prototype. Yep. yep. Which is like, no, you're teasing us. Why don't you show us your dealer network and your charging stations mm-hmm. and your production line that's loaded with parts and ready to go? Yep. And then I'll believe you because if you just got five more horsepower in the Varg, who cares? Because you can't use 85 horsepower. And I'm telling you that from a guy who rode a bike that probably had 70 horsepower today mm-hmm. and a lot of stinking torque. You can't use it. Oh, it's fun. It's really fun. But. Is it- so what do I think the effect of electric bikes will be? I don't think we're re- they're ready for prime time just yet. But when electric comes, and it, it's going to be a, it's going to be a learning curve, just like four strokes were, just like two strokes were back when there was four strokes and back vice versa, all this other stuff. Just like fuel injection, just like everything, it's going to be a learning curve. But when they come and when they're ready for prime time, they're going to be great. I don't know that you'll have the kind of range that we have on quote a large tank rally bike. That might be a little far reaching, but for going to tracks, um, doing all the doing all the 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 stuff, closed course stuff, you know, nearby where you can have charging facilities and stuff like that, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be really good. I I don't know like the net green carbon effect, all this other stuff, but they're going to figure it out and it's going to be better than gas motors, just like fuel injection was better than carburation. Yep. It's going to take some time. It's, but this is, this is, it's just the way it is. Well, and, and they're pretty, some of the stuff's pretty cool right now. The Alta, mm-hmm. like, like, uh, like Al- Aaron. Aaron's talking about. Yeah. Aaron, that Alta, that was a really good bike. And, and there's nothing to say that the start can't be a great bike and this fizzes fizz off or whatever it's going to be mm-hmm. nothing to say it can't be a great bike but let's see it don't yeah. don't march it around in on in in vaporware and hope that investors come in and, and try to you know it's a dream for someone mm-hmm. to, to have a company and build all this stuff and and you're going to have a hard time competing with the current manufacturers and some of these chinese companies that are coming out of nowhere building these bicycles a lot of what we saw at the show mm-hmm. They are going to get it as well. Yeah. Somebody's going to somebody's going to figure it out and figure out how to make something that they can sell a lot of. Look at the like the Surons and the Stingrays and the Segways and all the yeah. Oh, and the Surons are, are proving a, a point that I'll I'll make it after yours. No, make your point. So 
though i mean electric i mean with how simple it is to ride an electric bike versus a traditional gas bike you know the clutch the shifting right uh and the let's say with with a with a gas engine you're kind of stuck at a certain throttle response right unless you have a tuner readily available um but if you're new to riding you don't really know how to use a tuner i'm going to get assume right electric bikes are how you grow the sport and you make it more accessible as well like not just from an emissions standpoint not just from a noise standpoint just from a how simple it is to hop on and use versus needing to learn how to use a clutch learning the shifting rpm ranges all these other nuances that's kind of out the window right it's just hop on it twist a throttle worry about your front and your rear brake maybe there's a clutch maybe there's not so josh says that that because of that it's going to burn down everybody's house mm. yeah did you know that i did not know that well that's why that's why you don't listen to the internet too much yeah yeah because they're all going to burn down your house and and, and, and <laughs> i agree with you I, I i agree with the point that you know when it comes to the green stuff not 100 sure on that but i do come at it from a point of that you know would you agree that that ktm freeride on its first power mode that was really easy to learn how to use a twist throttle Oh yeah, yeah. In my opinion, it's the best. Yeah, it's it's a, the best out there for it's, that. Yeah, it's a. It's a. They're great beginner bikes. Like mm-hmm. I said, no, none of the none of the tricky stuff. And I mean, maybe that's good. Maybe it's bad because okay, you're, it's going to let more people. It's like I don't know. You, you got to. There's a whole lot of range of things, but we need to keep. We need to get people in the sport and keep people in the sport. We need yeah. to keep the sport active. Number one and. Mm-hmm. I think the electric is going to open that, you know, kids are growing up and they're going to stay with electric. They're never going to go onto gas bikes. They're never going to get to ride a Husaberg 650. Mm-hmm. They're never, ever going to feel that kind of torque and power. Never. And then of course, those bikes will all be blown up by then, but they won't even get to ride a Husaberg 570 because they'll be banned. Be like that, 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 that rush song, the red barchetta. Ooh, I don't know the name of the rush song. Yeah. But it, it talks, it talks about, you know, out in a futuristic world going driving a gas car mm-hmm. and uh you know racing from the racing away from the police but yes uh and and victor yes you have to wear crocs to match your e-bike mm-hmm. it's you you have to there's like a graphics package that comes with your crocs to get it so <laughs> good to see victor back one of our locals on the show uh yeah we saw the kobe 450 remember that thing yeah that thing was pretty sweet at rooster uh at the at the aim show the I, that's, that's another thing. That's another China, China thing, you know, that, that that they, you know, they looked like they, they actually, they went and did Dakar with it. So pretty. And they, they finished, right? They finished. And somebody says that China tried to wreck our way of life. (laughs) Uh, Everybody's trying to wreck our way of life, man. Like we're in the United States. Everybody, everybody hates us. They hate the guys on top. So that's okay. And Hollywood Movie Bike says Freeride Super Mini is leading the way right now. That's um, that's I think that's the guy who we talked to on the show a couple of shows ago. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, Andy from uh, Dirt First Racing. Right, and if you are wanting to follow some archives, you can always check out you know on our on our podcasts and different things. Uh, there's archives of this show if you find this one interesting and you say, I wonder what they talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's actually the show that was rebroadcasted last week. So, right. So if uh, it's, it's pretty fresh in the podcast feed. That's good. Yeah. So, 
Okay, what's our first question? First question is going to come from Cameron, Har- Cameron Harris, and he was asking this in the chat last week, but it was a pre-recorded show, so we couldn't get to it. So it's a question about recluse adjustment on a 350 that has a high idle. Uh, he needs to run a high idle for hot, hot starts and flameout issues. No, he doesn't. But it makes the challenges for setting the appropriate gain. Which stiffness or springs would you run in the recluse with a high idle? Maybe he, you can also comment on which recluse springs that you run and why. Okay, so you so something screwed up with your 350 if you need to run a high idle, unless it's an old. Were the first KTM 350s kickstart? I can't even remember. It may be if it's a kickstart and maybe there's some issues. That sounds a little bit off, but mm-hmm. anyways, uh, so I don't think so. So running the high idle, it, there's there's another problem, and you should probably fix that first. And yes, it does make a challenge for setting the appropriate gain. But so I can't tell you which springs would I run because it depends on what you're running and what springs are in there. So you have to, and I did, I went on my, uh, I I took a picture for my reference of my memories here. Uh, let's see, I'll, I'll get it. I pulled up a picture. So Basically, in the in the recluse spring line, it's sil- steel, which is silver. It's dull. It's steel, silver, red, blue, and gold. Those are the, the, the levels of springs. And so the softest one is steel, and then the gold one is the stiffest. So you figure out what you have in there. And then you decide, what do I want the clutch to do? The heavier the springs, the longer the longer the clutch slips or the, the law, the, the, the longer it takes for it to engage in other words. So they're holding it closed longer. It, and what you're trying to do is you're trying to optimize your spring for your RPM. And then the, the other thing, and I think on the 350, I think you're already at the heaviest weights. So you can't adjust the, the wedges, the weights. So you have to just do it hundred percent with springs. But the problem with the high idle is that is that it's going to be trying to engage all the time if it's compared to like a standard um, – compared to your standard, we'll call it setting. So that means you're going to need slightly stiffer springs than probably what, rec- what Recluse uh, recommends so that it that it's disengages and doesn't drag. So I run basically – and and I don't know. I, I think on the 350s, we're down to almost all steels or a mixture of three steels and three silvers. I don't remember. I've I just I've just done two or three of these, and I know they were they were different. But I know we are using a lot of steel springs because someone bought me a set of steel springs because I used all mine up. So uh I run, but my 350 idles at normal idle. And and when it's idling at normal idle, the clutch is literally dragging. So you can see it. It doesn't when you put it in gear, it doesn't creep, but it lifts the chain into a straight. It, it pull it literally pulls the chain, and and it but it doesn't make the chain slap. And if you get it adjusted just perfect, and that's with the springs and the the, the free play gain adjustment, which is recluse doesn't like you to do it, but you can adjust the way it engages a little bit. Um, with the with the free play gain adjustment, you still have to have some free play gain, which is when you rev it, the the lever needs to come in. 
hopefully this all is making sense. Uh, but that's, you know, they're, they're very, very adjustable and you just, it's each adjustment, each bike is a little bit different. Make sure you have uh, clutch plates that aren't warped. Make sure your metal, your metal plates aren't warped. Your fibers are, are good. Um, the basket straight, all the, all the things, uh, because if one of those things is wrong, the recluse doesn't work very well. So those are, that's my, uh, that's my suggestion for you on, on that. So. Okay. Perfect. My live video ended on the on the on the YouTube's. I think I canceled them. Oh, got it. Cuz I oh, know uh, wait, this is face face gram In, uh Instagram. Face gram. Instagram. That's right. Got yeah. it. So uh Steve is actually on our okay. hot seat hotline and he wants to talk about maintenance retreat on four strokes. Hey so. Steve, welcome to the show. Jimmy, nice to Jimmy, talk nice to you finally. You. Finally. Yeah, thanks for joining in. You're in your shop there. Yes. I see a gas yes. gas. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's a two stroke. Yes. Yes. It's good. It burns gas, gas, gas. Wait. That's a <laughs> 501. That's 501. A, yeah. That's a Husky. I saw the yellow in the background. I'm going to go, wait, he's got a Husberg. I was going to ask if you want to sell it. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so what's the question? My question to you is, uh, can you talk about your maintenance routine for your four stroke uh, dirt bikes, including your preventative and and your uh, inspections, your, uh, like inspections. routine inspections, what do you look at? What do you look at? So uh, I'm I'm not by the book. I kind of so my my kind of my basic routine, and we're talking about like forty rental bikes, and like probably ten bikes that I ride on a regular basis. I pretty much when I change the oil, I put the the month in a year on it. <laughs> so there's a lot of rotation going on. And, and then I have an idea when it was done. And then I sort of know how much I ride them. But so if I took a bike, like I, a bike left here last week and I put brand new oil and brand new uh, filter in, actually I'm testing a, one of those magnetic filters from Takamoto. And I've, I've been kind of pulling it in and out of bikes to see like, how much if I put it in a bike that didn't have it in there, how much stuff it pulls out. And then I put a filter in and I'm going to cut the filters and really clean them. So it's, I can kind of tell when, when oil starts getting bad by the way the clutch works a little bit, you know, it, it seems like that, that the clutch gets a little bit grabby and even, even the recluses tend to act a little bit different, but also the color is pretty much a tell. When I can, I can just look in the window and kind of see what the color is. But so that bike went down there and we rode it for five days and it was over a thousand miles. And I don't know how much, how much hours on it, but when it comes back, I'm going to change the oil. It's it's, and this is the way I've done my maintenance on, like if I was rate, it was a race bike. Every race I would change the oil. Just, that's just kind of, it was just part of the routine. Our rental bikes probably go six months to a year, depending on how much they get used because they're not, they're used for two days in a row and then they may sit for two months and they get used for two more days. Cause we kind of rotate them in and out. And, you know, it's, it's like when, when you start, when they, uh, you know, a lot of times I'll, I'll start it up, run it. I'll pull the, I'll pull the, uh, the filler cap off and I'll just dab it onto a paper towel and I'll see how, 
like how dark it is. You know, if it, if it, if it's, if it's more like there's a, there's a change when it goes from brown to black kind of ish. And that's bad. Like, I don't want it to be black. I want it to kind of have some, some, some brown tint to it. So that's kind of my, my routine. And I always say, you can never go wrong by doing what the manual says. That's the, that's the the golden rule. But then it's like, how do you ride it? I know people that can cook oil because they abuse the clutch mostly in maybe a third of the time or half of the time that the manual says for them to do it. And there's other people that can get four times the the length of time that the oil needs to be changed. And I'm one of those people because I don't really use the clutch a whole lot. So um, I don't know if, uh, you know, you know, like running, you know, like running it hard. People say, oh, I'm right. I'm running it hard. And you can be a novice and run it harder than a pro just based on what you're doing. Uh, and, 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 you know, how much, how much moisture is in the air where you're at is, you know, oil, if there's breathers and moisture gets in, uh, how much silt or sand and we're, we're very silty here. So I'm always concerned with how much, you know, silt is getting pulled in through different, different methods. So that's, uh, that's kind of, what it is. Uh, like I said, I'm not, I'm not like doing anything by the book. We kind of keep records on a lot of our bikes, but mm -hmm. a lot of the records have been for years. Now we're on a, we have a Matt made a spreadsheet for me, which is really nice. But a lot of my records were just, it says, you know, it would say right now it'd say Oh, two dash 23. And I do one for oil, one for filter. And my routine has pretty much always been one filter every two oil changes. So does that change with the amount of hours you put on the oil? No, I mean, I probably, in the, the first oil change, I'll do an oil filter when the bike's brand new. I'll yep. do an oil filter. And then and then I kind of get on that every second oil change. And I'm always looking at the oil filter and the the magnet. If, you know, on the, on the KTM stuff, there's the magnet on the drain plug. And I was even putting magnets in my Hondas and my Yamahas and stuff. Uh, the magnet drain plug, because that's going to, between that and the filter, it's going to tell you what's going on inside there. If you're not getting any particulate matter off of those two things, you're fine. And if you run it a little bit too long and you notice that you're getting a little more, you know, and it's, it's like, it's like iron filings. They're super fine. You know, it's like, you can, you can put it in your hand, you can smear it. Uh, or, or you notice there's like pieces of aluminum or something like that. Maybe you went a little bit too long. So I, I think you can get a feel for it, but the, the manual is very conservative in, in my opinion. So does that, uh, that answer the question? So it seems like you really concentrate on that oil aspect, but how about like uh, brake fluids, bearings, head bearings, super, bearing? super dependent. Yeah. Super dependent on, you know, where, where you're, where you live, what you're riding in, like wheel bearings. And if you're, if you're in that, you know, muddy, like the, like I know I r raced in Oklahoma once and we were going through brake pads in two sets of brake pads a day. And it was just the, their dirt was like a, like a lapping compound. <laughs> and, and I've noticed just in, in places we've ridden in Idaho where like all of a sudden you're, you wear brake pads and in, in a, in a, you know, half of a pad in a day, just cause it was muddy and, and silty and stuff. So I just kind of check everything and it really depends on, on where you're at. So here we do a lot more filters then I think you would have to do if you were for say riding in good, you know, good loamy, you know, moist dirt. Um, I know when we were riding in wet dirt up in the mountains of California, 
wouldn't have to do a filter for five, six rides. And then, you know, you come out here and you ride in the silt for a day, but it's, it's I think it's all just kind of dependent on where you're at and, and then how much you, you know, how much, it's like kind of like how much time do you have? I mean, some people really enjoy working on their bikes and taking the time to, to do all these things. And I, I open up an air filter and if it looks like it's still got another day in it, I close that sucker right back up. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't, I don't have to see a perfectly good air filter inside there. So Cool. Um, but yeah, wheel, wheel bearings. Um, I just check things, you know, I just, a lot of times I'll, you know, I'll, I'll grab the wheel and, you know, try to try to shake it side to side, or I grab the front brake and I, you know, and I, and I'll pivot the bike with the front brake on to feel how the headset's doing. But I do take bikes apart and grease stuff when I feel the, when I feel the need, but we don't have a lot of water going through them. And I, I beat up these kids here when they start pressure washing the bearings. When, and that's, I think that's the worst thing for them really is the, is just blasting with a pressure washer. So cool. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate you yeah. watching and uh, thanks for, thanks for reaching out. Oh, uh, okay. Why do you have Stockholm syndrome, Matt? Uh, I don't know. You know, it's not really, I'm not sure what that is. I forgot. Uh, I think that's basically when you get kidnapped and then you start feeling sympathy for your, uh, for those who've kidnapped you or you're starting to emphasize. Oh, start to. Wow. I agree with them. So, uh, <laughs> actually, we do have another question. We have another person on the hot seat hotline. We'll yes. go and we'll get to them really quickly. Okay. Uh, I don't have the real name, but uh, they have a 500 that suddenly started running badly. So, welcome on to the show. Who we don't have the real name? He'll tell us. Yeah, just it's on here as River Revere Revere four one one Revere there Revere. We go. Welcome to the show. Yes. So what's the, what's the question tonight? Well, Matt screwed up the last name both times. And, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the question is, oh, Rooster Endo. The question is the, the, Oh, you, you want to know how to be in Rooster Endo? No, no. I've been in Rooster Endo twice and Matt screwed the last name up twice. So it's yep. Revere. I th Revere. Revere. I remember. I remember you even actually emailed me about it, how to pronounce it, and then I still messed it up. Awesome. So nice job, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, Jimmy, thanks. Thanks for doing the Roos Brando thing. Um, my question is: I was twenty twenty one. Were you KTM five hundred? Were you the one that forced your children? First of all, you weren't the one that forced your children to submit Rooster Endos, were you? No, my wife. Oh, your wife did. Oh, you brought your, okay. You, you submitted your wife's bike. Got it. Copy. Okay. I get, I get confused and, and this is normal. Well, but I, I'm glad we clarified it. We, he, that he submitted his wife's bike and not his, his wife. His wife. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Back to your 500. Okay. It's uh 2021 and it's got the full taco moto. Um, ECU fuel tuner, Yosh exhaust. And it's got 330 hours on it. And just recently it started shutting itself off. When you let the throttle off, it'll just quit. It's I've replaced the fuel pump, the injector. When are you uh, going to say throttle position? When are you going to say the throttle, you didn't calibrate the throttle position sensor or check that? I have not done that. That's it. That's it. I'm... 99% sure that it has something to do with this throttle position sensor and, or somehow the, 
the idle adjust uh, idle adjustment and wow. hot start. So, so there's the two knobs. There's the red and the yellow knob. Yeah. I've seen people mess those things up and I don't know how to do it except that I did know how to do it. And I wrote exactly how to do it on dirtbiketest.com. Okay. There's a thing, set your idle or something like this. I think it's KTM throttle body tuning. K- KTM throttle body tuning. So check this and then, and then check to make sure that your throttle position sensor is putting out the right voltage to the ECU uh, because that is critical. It needs to know what it is. And especially when it, when it does something funky, it, it doesn't know what to do with the fueling and the, and the i and the and the ignition timing at idle and so in what it the worst thing it can do is put out polluted air so its default is if i'm going to do something wrong i'm going to shut off <laughs> and that's a ktm default not a get ecu default okay. but i think somehow that's sort of what they you know sort of what they do but i would check i check the idle real quick you know just check the idle adjust because i've seen people turn the yellow knob thinking it's the idle adjust and it's really kind of a, a hot start button so I've, give that a shot and then, and then check your ecu or your uh, throttle position sensor. yeah because the bike ran perfectly for about 326 hours and then just recently it started doing it um the thing's been immaculately maintained there's air filter oil religiously it's a very yeah, sensors, weird thing that started happening. Yes, yeah, sensors can go bad. Yeah. Sensors can and will go bad, but also they can get knocked, you know, or just they can come a little bit out of tune. And I've I've seen all of the above happen, but I would just start with the simplest the simplest things and and go from there. And it, did it did it happen all of a sudden or did it progressively get worse? No, all of a sudden, just yeah, one day, it, it just rode out. Of, it may have just yeah. They've just got knocked. I mean, like I said, if you haven't turned those knobs and, and I've seen people that like that hot start, the yellow one is like a push button thing. Yep. It's you push it up and it, and then you, and then you crack the throttle and it drops back down. I've seen those get hit and bent before, you know, from like a stick going in there. Yep. And then that causes all kinds of problems. The first, then they go and adjust the, the I, first time it happened, I was actually just leaving Ensenada like three weeks ago. And just rolled out of the hotel, San Nichols, and it started barfing and puking. And so I started blaming fuel and filters and pumps and injectors and whatnot. But I've changed all that. So I'm going to go with the throttle position sensor. Yeah, try check that out. And I think through the Get app, I'm pretty sure, and I, I don't have a lot of experience with it, but I know on the newer I think you can actually, through the app, you can monitor that or watch that or see that. And so that might be a, a, an option as well. Okay. Well, that's, that's good. I learned yeah, something. And, and, if it, and if I, and if I didn't help you uh, reach out to taco Mike on his EXC um, performance group there. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure you'll get a, you'll get the, you know, he'll, he'll give you the answer there as well. Right on. Okay. Thanks for, thanks for joining okay, in. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. I'll get your name right. Eventually. I apologize. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I still got to talk about suspension lowering on a beta, but that's next time. Uh, Okay, sounds good. Sounds right. good. We'll see you. Okay, what's our next question there, Matt? All right, next question is going to be from Mr. Todd Kelly. Uh, he was saying, can you give me your opinion of the T7 highway speeds? He's a dirt bike guy at heart, but gave it gave street riding around 10 years ago. Um, but now he's getting back into it because he needs to commute on a bike, uh, mostly backcountry roads. So, um, it's a 30-mile interstate. It's house, you know... 
So the the only the only downfall of the T7 in so far in my opinion the only the only real like kind of fault and it's just it's not really a fault it's just that it's a 700 cc bike that you want it to go the same speed as your 1000 cc bike and so it will go it'll go pretty much that fast it'll just eat a lot of gas your fuel economy goes from like 60 down to you know 35 and 35 miles a gallon is not that bad but it's not great when you're used to getting like 50 to 60 all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and that, that does take like 75 to 85 miles an hour to, to kind of really where it, it kind of really starts falling off at 70 and then, it, and then it get, you know, the farther you turn the throttle and it'll go hundred miles an hour. And how, how is it? It, it depends on how tall you are and you know, where the windscreen is. Cause for me, the windscreen is just a tad too, a tad too low, but then I'm running tall, a tall seat. If I was in the stock seat, I would be in the perfect little bucket, but that tall seat kind of puts me up in the wind a little bit. Uh, so, but I don't really, I don't do a ton of highway. And when I do, I just kind of, I go low boy, get all low boy on it, like down here like this. Yeah. And uh, so it's, yeah, it's a, but it is, it's a fun bike. And it, it like I said, if you, if you, you know, the funny thing is, when you, you, you know, you, you, you if you're going to use it as a commuter, you aspire to go do all these different ways to work. And you'll do that a few times. But in reality, you're just going to be buzzing back and forth the fastest way. And so just kind of take that into consideration. But, I mean, it's uh, it'll do it. It, it does it no problem. Uh, you just, you know, 35 miles a gallon. If you're happy with that, then you're going to be happy with the, with the thing. Perfect. So. All right. So my, another question from last week. So Michael Pounds was asking, Jimmy, can you talk slash explain what power valves are in a two stroke, how they work and how they change the engine's power? Yes, I can. Uh, real easy. So a power valve is essentially, it's a variable height exhaust port and a variable, also a variable uh, volume exhaust port. And then it also changes depending on the models and stuff, it changes the volume of the expansion chamber by opening up subports in the sides of the kind of like they're in the sides of the cylinder, opens up extra cavities. So it, it does a lot. They do a lot of things and they've done them a lot of, a lot of different ways. Um, They put them inside, you know, on some of the Hondas, they used to be down inside of the, you know, they, they'd turn a little valve in the kind of a pre-pipe, and, you know, in, in certain ones, they, as well as lifting up the size of the exhaust port, they'd open up two little sub ports. Um, Kawasaki was kind of first at, at that one that I recall. But so it's, it's essentially the, the higher RPM, the higher you want the exhaust port to a certain point because you want it to rev. Because of a lower exhaust port, it's just, ne- it's just never going to pick up RPM. But if you have a tall exhaust port, the bikes, like, they, they get really peaky. They don't, they don't want to have good low end. And now with like electronic power valves, you have this crazy ability to control it very quickly. And it's not just engine RPM dependent. All the mechanical power valves have all been based on a ramp ball system. So they they, they were very progressive in how they, they moved. It was super RPM dependent. And they were generally pretty quick to open. They didn't have different steps. I mean, I've seen ones that have different different steps or different ramps to control it. But uh, so that's that's what they that's what essentially they do. Um, 
And uh, the the biggest thing you're going to see is with the with the electronic power valve, like on the KTM's and the Shurkos, is you're going to get longer and longer power bands because they can control you know how how long they keep it closed and and then they can open it, they can modulate it a little bit better at different RPMs, and it's it's crazy how good that's going to get. And they're they're still learning about this. They're still learning, especially mm-hmm. with fuel injection. Now they can now they can adjust the fuel as well as the power valve height and and make these even better. Right, because if they're both electronically controlled, that's just even more tunability. Control. Yeah, yep. that's awesome. All right, so moving to some Instagram uh, questions that were uh, sent in or commented actually. So from uh, Eichel. Polowski is saying, can you explain how oil separates from the fuel to lubricate the the bottom end of a two-stroke motor? That's El Chabowski. El Chabowski. Sorry. That's Herm. 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 I'm unfamiliar with Herm. Can you explain how how the oil comes out of the gas to lubricate? This is a Chris Real real question. Mm -hmm. I mean, for sure. But you think about it. Have you ever like you know, spilt like normal gas and, and it just like, it spills out of the top of your can and it runs down the can and it dries out. There's nothing there. Mm-hmm. And then you spill your two stroke mix gas and you're, and then all of a sudden you notice your gas cans covered with dust because yeah, yeah. it sticks to it. It's just, it's just mixed. And when it, when it, when it, it's whatever it touches, cause the gas is, it's like, a, it's like a mist. It's like you squirt, like when you're squirting the Windex on the window, mm-hmm. like this, this is the way the gas is and it, and it goes there and it sticks. And, and so just like the, the, the water, just like it's air and water, the, 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 that stuff, when it goes, it's flying around there. Some of it stays in suspension and never even touches anything. And other stuff goes and hits something Mm -hmm. and then it sticks to it. And then that, and then the, the, the gas and the oil kind of stick to it, but the oil sticks better. It doesn't leave the, doesn't leave the party. The oil hangs out late and parties longer. So... It's with, like the rave. Yeah. It, it's at the rave. It's the guy that's there when the sun comes up going unts, 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 okay. around the bearing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry you had uh, to, to get that no, visual. It, 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 it wasn't the sound. It was the it was how your face was moving when you were doing that. Um, but I was, another way. I was to, raving. Yeah. No. Go, I was ra- getting there. I was in the place. Ra- rave to your heart's content. Mm-hmm. Um, all about happiness here. So what another way to put be putting it is the oil doesn't have the same flash point as like the fuel does. So as the fuel burns, the fuel, the, the oil can kind of stick around and kind of drip, drip down and make its way down towards the crank. Um, would that be another way of explaining what you just kind of said? Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that's where, that's where you need to get into. Okay, here we go. Evaporation point of gas is low. Mm. Some of the gas turns to vapor. This is direct from Chris real. Oil does not turn to vapor until it gets much hotter. Mm -hmm. So, so, but in the, in like in the, in the crankcase and stuff, it's just, it's not, it's not exploding. So it's sticking the, the gas and oil sticking everything Mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's doing the, it's doing its lubrication. Yeah. Um, There's even, I'm pretty sure there's even some lubric, lubricosity, lubricosity properties to even to gasoline. Uh, Correct, Chris? So oil is a thicker mist. Yeah. And, and that, and even with the oil injected bikes, you know, it's just, it's just dripping the oil in there mm-hmm. and it just goes flying in there and sticks to stuff, but it burns. I mean, the oil burns, Yeah, but it's, 
I think before it burns, it does its it does a little bit of its lubricating job. Well, and every two stroke crank I've seen, it's it's a little drier than you would actually anticipate, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it's not like it, it's not like it's floating in oil like a four stroke is. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's the same thing. There's a film. There's mm-hmm. there's it, the oil is is like a it's like a cushion between the between the thing. Got it. So I want to go ahead and get to these Instagram questions and then we'll go to the chat questions. Okay. So from Moto Winkle, is there a difference between piggyback tuners? Look, looking at the JD tuner versus the Attitude Industries, which is the same price for his 2022 CRF450 RL. What parameters necessitate upgrading the ECU with the likes of a Vortex? So I guess that's kind of like two questions in one. Yeah, two questions. So um some oils actually adhere to hot surfaces. This is something I learned like castor oils, like go to the hot stuff mm-hmm. and synthetic oils tend to not go to it as well. This is, I learned this in the, in the old days. Yeah. Uh, so back to the tuner question. So there's essentially one company that makes the, that I can tell the tuners that all the, that are all the same shape and have the same buttons and the same row of lights on them. Those are all made by one company and you can kind of private label your tuner. So I know that some people have gone to this company and they say, Hey, I want to have a tuner for uh, whatever brand, blah, blah, blah. And then they give them what they want to do to it. And the company programs it in and then they send it out how they arrive at this and stuff. I don't know. I don't know who's doing the development, whether they do it on a dyno, where they have people testing it. Uh, you can find stuff on eBay that nobody tested anything. It just the plugs fit. And then, you know, yeah. it's it's kind of like some of these, you know, some of these exhausts you can buy for some of these bikes. It fits. I don't know what the hell it does. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, do your research on the tuners. You know, JD Tuners have a good name. They've been around for a long time. Look at how long the company's been in business, what they, what they, what they, they offer. Um, you know, you can maybe ask them about, Hey, what are they trying to do? And if they just start telling you about how much more horsepower it is, just kick them in the nuts, ask them about rideability. Cause it's way more important. Yeah. The butt dyno beats and, the actual. And dyno. then when do you need to go from a tuner to like a full ECU? Typically on, on emissions compliant bikes and stuff like that, you're going to be, experiencing some limitations, especially in RPM, like the amount of RPM it's going to allow the motor to turn before the red rev cut comes in. And then there's, there's some other variables or factors, whether it has a, you know, a closed loop uh, monitoring system, or, you know, whether there's throttle controls features set into this, there's a lot of stuff. So a lot of times the aftermarket ECUs that are built for competition bikes do not have these things, these limitations in them. And then, you're going to you're going to get that but be very aware that those things are also tuned to a specific setting and this is what i don't understand why some of these companies aren't doing i think takomoto's doing it a little bit where it's like you know stage 1 stage 2 stage 3 where it's like your tune is going to match if you're doing something to the air filter and to the exhaust you'd better get a complete ecu it's, it's, it, 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 yeah, you can, you might be able to get away with it with a fuel tuner, but typically, especially when you're going to most, and most of the exhausts that people, people buy, which is stupid, is they go into these big open exhausts that make really good high horsepower and they go, bah, bah, you know, they're not rideable. 
<laughs> so so when you're Sorry, when, I think my headphones and, are a little turned yeah and when you're and when you're just pulling this crap and you're just pulling all this stuff out and you just want it to go bap like this like yeah i yeah. probably need to go to a damn a full ecu but if you know if you're just maybe doing a little bit of exhaust work and a little bit of intake stuff then you know once you start you know when you start really messing with stuff cams and try to get race motor performance you need a full ecu it's just like astroglide victor says Right. I'm not really sure how that works. I'm not really sure what Astroglide is, uh, but with Victor saying it, I'm kind of scared to find out. <laughs> Even though he is my Valentine. Uh, he so was. He was. Oh. Yeah, remember? Maybe he's the Stockholm Syndrome guy. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, so Lonnie White, 249. What would you recommend is the best way to stop flame out in a 2022 KTM 450 XCF? Um, what would be the best? question again yeah what would be the best way to stop flame out flame out so he, i think he's talking about like the kind of the, the hiccup stall mm-hmm. um i'm assuming kind of like also i would say usually downshift yeah yeah <laughs> that's kind of what popped into my mind because i noticed when you ride in the right gear you don't really flame out all that often right if at all so so i'm gonna i'm gonna go to, to so good clutch control as well yeah, clutch, clutch, downshifting, clutch control, throttle control, stimulus riding school, probably. balance. I have a school that teaches a lot of yeah. this stuff, or an online online school that can uh, help with this too. The beginner one, I think the beginner one with some clutch control. Yeah, the- people just think it's they think it's so beginner, but then they realize that's like half the stuff that we teach to the the advanced class. Right, we at have the a testimonial that speaks to this. Uh, good, but the so so. I don't think that the bike inherently flames out. So again, set your idle, check your idle, try, you know, try running maybe a higher idle. If this is, if this is a little bit of a problem, I'm not talking drastically higher. It can be like three or four clicks on the, on the idle adjust just enough to just get it so that it, it's not so um, luggy and, and not so prone to that. I've seen that sometimes having a fuel tuner the ability to do a fuel tuner or an ecu can also help this but most of the time that guys have a problem with something like a flame out i go what did you do to your bike and like i put this on and that on and it generally starts with a big muffler and i put an ecu on it and it's like well did it do it with stock and like no like okay that that (laughs) Yeah, they, they spend a lot of time so that the bike doesn't do this, but you're not riding it like the dyno, and therefore it's a thing. So, yep. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, we have a bunch of questions from the chat. I think we should probably go to commercial break, though. It's about that time. And then we'll come back with all these chat questions. Let's do the let's do chat roulette really quick. Let's all just right. bang these things chat out. Roulette. So let's go all the way. There was one we missed from the very beginning here. Right. So from uh Creased, uh from Creased, I'm not gonna say that full thing. Uh what's up, guys? Would it be pointless to buy an extended warranty if you're gonna modify the bike? Thanks. Yes. Good. Uh, you don't need you don't need to buy an extended warranty on a dirt bike. I think it's I think they're all pretty pretty good unless you're going to do something stupid and then try to fake the insurance company out. But mm-hmm. trust me, they've, they've seen it all before. I've seen some guys win on that. You know, they, they go and they, they use their insurance to get it fixed up. But I, I think it's a double-edged sword. Right. Dave Black. 
both my Husky 501 and KTM 300XC have dramatically lost their kickstand springs multiple times. Before I install new brackets and springs, is there anything I can do to have it last longer between checking? So dramatically lost their kickstand springs. So do the kickstands snap off like the bolts? I hope he's not climbing on his motorcycle on a KTM. I was going to say, he's been <laughs> yeah, here yeah. enough times to know not to do that. Yeah, yeah. The KTM kickstand is made to hold up the weight of the bike, and that's it, barely. So uh, I, I've never seen the kickstand springs go flying off other than when you let that little tiny, the the I think it's a three-millimeter Allen head uh, screw that, 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 that has the pivot inside there. Unless, unless that thing gets loose and they, then they come off. I haven't ever seen them fail any other way other than with people climbing on them, lifting the, you know, pulling on the kickstands, doing kind of crazy stuff. So yeah, uh, Loctite, that little, that little guy, uh, trail tech makes a really good quality replacement kickstand. Uh, you can fix that. That's go to trailtech.net for that. Tell them Jimmy Lewis sent you, mm-hmm. uh, send me an email. I can get you a discount code. All right, so if Mike H, would removing the jutter spring improve the CRF 450RL Vega clutch feel? Advantages and disadvantages? Uh, no, it won't. Uh, I've tried that, and it didn't It didn't change it. Uh, Recluse has the way to fix this, um, and we did an article on a long-term in 2019. I think we did 450X or R. We did a long-term. Yeah, we went through three different, three different types of Recluse clutches, and each one progressively made it better, so... And we tried the different um, billet uh, clutch cable arm and some other stuff, but it was really inside the clutch and some of the clutch parts in general. Every step you upgraded it, it it got that vague feel, but it never, it's never going to get as good as some of the other clutches. Okay, so Eric Wyden, my 21 FE501 frequently flamed out when it was stock and brand new, only happened with quicker blips off of idle. Increase your idle. There we go. This is the, this is the flame out show. Yeah. Okay, we're going to flame out to to commercial break right now. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had, uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, All of our Taco Moto Co. branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty. And we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested and ridden and raced and nose meets the, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. And we're back. Uh, mid poor. Uh, mid poor. Sorry. Well, it's the it's uh it's the good stuff. Well, it's what our viewers come to expect from us. So. Yeah. Yeah. Class A Azul tonight. Tequila for Tech Talk Taco Tuesday and Tequila. So cheers. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks, Emily. I like to say that's the the big bottle. It's getting a little low tide in there. You know what I mean? So 
Anyhow, uh, thanks everybody for joining in. This show would not be possible without all of our sponsors. Matt, do you know our sponsors? Yeah, yeah. Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott's, Scott Sports. Climb. You, you wear climb goggles, though. I wear climb goggles. I do. I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have some feedback for them on a certain pair I've been wearing. Okay. DDC, Trail Tech, Fast Company, which... Uh, remind me to ask you a question after the show. Hey, there was someone that was going to, that wanted to, to call in. And I told him if he called in, uh, he went on our seat concepts, hot seat hotline, I would give him a fast company discount code. Mm-hmm. So that guy, if you're watching, uh, call in, just, just call in and say, you have your question. What is the fast company discount code? Yep. And we'll get your email and I'll send it to you. All right. Seat concepts. Uh, Bulletproof Designs and Double Take Mirrors. This next segment, quick segment, is brought to you by Bulletproof Designs because I decided to do that. It's the Bulletproof Designs product of the week. Okay. But it's not a Bulletproof Designs product. It's it's, uh, because they just sponsored the segment. Mm -hmm. Whatever the product is, they said we could do whatever we wanted to. Or I said we could do whatever we wanted to. That's how I deal with my sponsors. Yeah, they were were very – they are all on board. But Bulletproof Designs – uh, makes really good protection products for your dirt bike, um, radiator guards, chain guide, <coughs> chain guide enhancements. This, that, that's too. This stuff is too good for you to accidentally swallow it down the wrong. No, way. I didn't. I didn't go down the wrong. Pie. I, like, I I had a rough trip in Mexico. Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> I blame Rally Navigator for this. Okay. Uh, okay. So SP Connect. And I, I, I am not a tech geek guy. Maybe, I don't know, a little bit. So I was at the the motorcycle show. My good buddy, Ray Conway, which caused me a lot of problems in this show. Like just talking to Ray caused me a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. But one good thing that, that happened with Ray was he said, hey, Jimmy, I, got you to, I want you to meet my friend who is working for SP Connect. And they make uh, phone docking systems for your bike dirt bike you know different things and i just you know click your, this your, your laptop's kind of covering it yeah I'm, I'm i'm trying to hold it up here higher so this kind of goes in here like this and it turns and it goes in it locks it's one of these locking things and i'm just i'm going to take it apart because i have it on a ram mount right here because i have ram mounts on everything mm-hmm. so ram mounts off they make a ram ball that that hooks up to their thing and then they have a vibration dampening guy. Mm-hmm. And then it, and then they, this is a charger. This is the cables on here. There's a charger under USB. Okay. And we have to run like all kinds of tracking stuff and different uh, apps for our rally navigation software and things. Hmm. And I run iPhones, which generally just self-destruct when they're mounted up there. So I've been using these other cradles, but then the iPhones like to fly off. When you hit you just that that sudden sharp hit, and then the plug that you know when you're plugging here, not the magnetic, you're not the, the the charging in the back. Yeah, this stuff is really sano, and I, I was I was a little skeptical. I'm like, there's no way that's going to stay docked in there. I never had a problem. My phone was fine. I've dropped my phone like five or six times in their case because mm-hmm. I'm really particular about the case I run. So that it, it's a case system. It has a case. And this this has the charging thing, which is actually you know connected. It's bolted down, and it's on a vibration damper. So this thing's all super solid. So uh, check out their stuff. SP Connect. Um, I, I I will. I'm probably going to write something up about it because I I wasn't. I said I'd try it, and I was like, eh, whatever. But 
So, so they have Ram ball mounts. They have all these different little adjustable ones. Uh, you know, people use them on mountain bikes and they have, so they have a vent clip so I can click it in my truck and everything oh, sure. now. So it, it's funny cause I'll probably spend, you know, like 300, 300 bucks, 400 bucks by the time I'm done. Mm-hmm. But all I have to do is then just buy the cases for the diff, if I switch my phone or whatever, and then it just c- connects to everything and it's always charging, huh. always mounted and they're secure. That- and when it, when you go to Ram, like the Ramball for me, it just, then I can just quickly move this thing from one thing to another. Huh. So I can take off my double take mirror yeah, and quit and looking at myself and then put while I do, I'm riding all the time and I can put my phone on there and I can just take selfies of myself yeah, the, whole, the time. whole time I'm riding. Hey, maybe I got you in my pocket. It is now, yeah, I got you. On Dude, I did one today. Yeah, I, I didn't watch the full thing. No, you didn't. No, you no, that was not. That was not. I got you in my pocket. That was you saw. You were watching that. Oh, this there is, was a, there was a visual experience, so it wasn't. I got you in my pocket. This is this is where this is where we have. <laughs> yeah, Jason, you need one of these phone mounts. I'm I'm not kidding you. They are, they are trick. Uh, and he has a, Jason has a question. Yeah, 2023 KTM 300 XCW. What would be the first three mods you would do to this bike for single track slash hard enduro riding? Winky face. That's a, that's a, that's see Jason's in the industry. He understands this. He knows that that's a, that's a, that's a way to call out my sponsor plugs to, mm-hmm. to, to do stuff. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking to myself right now. Well, so first of all, I would click through dirt bike tests and go to Rocky mountain MCA TV. Okay. That's why I'd go there. And then I'd say, there's gotta be three things here that I really need to do to my bike. And I'm thinking what I did to mine. What are my top three things? Reclus. No, I don't have a recluse in my 300. Oh, not not even for the king of the motos. And that was George's bike. Oh, that okay. wasn't his okay. bike. Um, and uh, that was a that was a tough call. I couldn't decide whether I wanted or didn't want it. Number one, boy, this is that's a good question. Fast company flex handlebars. Okay, flex bars because that is going to fix like a lot of my personal issues, just like my wrists and stuff. It then, then I don't have to worry about the forks at all. Like the mm-hmm. suspension or, you know, if it bottoms a little bit too easy, whatever, uh, that would be, that would be number one. There's so many things you can do to that bike for free, like add a little bit of oil to the forks, make a huge difference. So, but, um, flex handlebars. What else have I done to that thing? I think they, I think they come with a, they come with a skid plate now. I think they stock, they, they have a skid plate. Uh, hand guards. Um, no, I was riding mine for a long time without it. Uh, it depends on where you're riding. Like I have a big tank. I have a Cherby's tank on mine. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that was a, that was something else that I did. And I think I'm reading more into the hardened when I'm when I'm thinking of the mods, I'm thinking more of the hard enduro riding versus the single track riding. Yeah, I I'm think, I, I'm, I think I'm more yeah, like I do do those things, but the I, I don't know whether I'm for the hard for the hard and for single track, yeah, recluse clutch. For hard enduro, I don't know because I want to be able to stall the bike mm-hmm. and have it stop. And that's the that's the one thing about the recluse that if you stall the bike, it goes it rolls right right uh a bulletproof designs protection the radiator if especially with hardened row the radiator guards it's it's cheap insurance like you're gonna if you want to buy three sets of radiators instead of one set of radiator guards and spend three times the money uh those 
those would uh, those would do it. And I'm going to go Scott steering stabilizer. And it's not that the bike needs it, but the bike I was riding down in Baja did not have one. And it was a 500, but same, same thing. And it's not that it needs it. It just helps. Right. It's just such a good, just a good, good product. So I, I'm not very used to, I'm not really used to having a steering stabilizer. And when I rode, when you let me ride one of your 500s uh, just last week, it, it blew my mind away. Actually, I could actually feel it. Yeah. That was, it was a difference maker. Yeah, it, it really does. It really does. We need to get one in your Yamaha. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah. that would help. Um, <laughs> the flex bars on my T7, I'm pretty sure were 12 degree standard bend, uh, st- uh, standard enduro. They're, they're seven degree enduro bend, Victor. Uh, so that's the, that's kind of, I run, I run 12 degree on almost everything right now. And then, you know, the, they're kind of height adjustable a little bit. Uh, but they're, they're the standard height, not low or not high. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, beam, uh, most in her hard guys, uh, run the stock clutch and most of those guys, they're so good in their clutch. They don't need to have a recluse, but I'm lazy. And I, I just, if it's going to be as good as me, if not better, which is what they really, the recluse are, I, mm-hmm. I like, I have them most of my bikes and, and, and I, I can go back and forth pretty ambidextrously just back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Okay, but yeah, Jason. Um, so I, I'm guessing you got a, a KTM 300. Good for you. <laughs> hey, uh, I got a I got a project I need to talk to you about this summer. So, uh, oh, is it I t- that thing is it's is it going? A, it, it's a certain project that seems really really cool. Yeah, super okay. cool. It, right. it, I talked to the I talked I got some of the all the key guys. Yeah, like wanted, on they want to do it. Yeah, now it's now it's it's finding money and finding filmers. Okay, and it'll be super. Super cool. Uh, do, I, do I qualify as one of the guys that one of the key guys? Well, you can go as a filmer. <laughs> that's the, the part, Matt. Yeah. Filmer. That's key, I guess. The key guy. It sounds like I have to pay you. Hey, seat concept since 2009, handmade seat products made in the USA. I should have said a seat concept seat also for my KTM 300. Mm-hmm. But I think mine's still stock. <laughs> Just one of the, one of the many, but uh, proprietary foam formula. It's adjusted for each customer based on riding style, weight, and firmness preference. Designed and built for long haul adventure rides or weekends at the track. Ride the world with seat concepts. Ride the track with seat concepts. Ride the trail, single track trail, or hard and drill with seat concepts. So, okay. Dave Scott is coming in hot with the question. Okay. Question, what are your thoughts between a 23 KTM 300 XC and a 23 Beta 300 Race Edition? Ride a lot of tight enduro and hair scramble trails. Well, I got to ride a 23 Beta 300 uh, last weekend at our school. The the One of the uh, one of the Tylers. I thought that was a three, 390. No, it's a 300. Oh, two stroke. Joey. I didn't ride Joey's back, yeah. actually. I rode the 390. Oh, I didn't ride that one. Uh... I, I've not, did I ride the XC? I don't know if I rode the XC. Did, was I, it the SX I, that you rode? I rode SXs for sure. I may have rode an XC. I rode a whole bunch of bikes that day because mm-hmm. they were just kind of bouncing around, just getting quick opinions on some of the stuff, but mostly SXs. Mm-hmm. And I'm, so I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, uh, kind of, kind of default to if you're, if you're a bigger or taller guy, Dave, um, 
I think the beta layout might suit you a little bit better, but the KTM has grown a little bit. And and then now they're a little bit flatter. Mm-hmm. But uh the 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 beta, they're they're both such good bikes. Um and and I don't know that, you know, it's kind of like you're either gonna like one or the other as far as like suspension and mm-hmm. and they're 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 definitely enough different that it, it would it would just really if you could have had the opportunity to go for a test ride and I don't have enough uh, time on either one of them I just goofed around on a dry lake bed and then I think I bounced through a couple bumps with it yeah and so I I don't it's not like I did a full test and if I did I could tell you the exact this or that's of them and I'd love to do that test we've been trying to you know get it but man bikes well it's finally starting to slow down a little bit but bike sales are up and the manufacturers don't really need to go get any additional press because like they're they're selling out of this stuff and they're not they're not sitting on them anymore so right right and and people will just go buy them because of the reputation of whatever whatever it is and both those bikes have really good reputations i don't think uh five nine hundred eighty pounds oh you'll fit on a ktm just fine yeah um yeah you're you're not gonna like i noticed some some taller guys tend to struggle a little bit with the ktms uh but uh the, and the the yeah I you you can't go wrong with either of those I and I think you would get used to either one but they're just like different they're definitely different flavors and the good the the the, the strong things about the beta in my in my experience and this is very consistent with the betas is that they 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 scale weight heavy but they ride light and they're incredibly stable for such a nimble bike and the KTM's have kind of gone from being kind of like twitchy and and kind of unstable to getting a little bit longer and more stable. It's kind of the stuff that the racers are complaining about, I think are is better for the average guy. Mm-hmm. They're 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 focusing on some stuff that works really well for the average guy. So so they're 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 kind of getting a little bit closer where they're a little bit farther apart. They're kind of, you know, because imagine they're just getting to the 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 sharper point of the stick. They're gonna figure everything out. Right. So it's okay. I have KTM's. It's currently blown up, and I'm not happy with the brand. And I'm looking for alternatives. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I tell you what, the betas are durable. This is this is. I mean, we pulled apart some some uh, like Big John's bike. Yeah, it, and it, over time, they're they're a little bit. The reason I say they scale heavy, they're a little bit overbuilt. I mean, the pieces inside the engine, like KTM is looking for every ounce inside there, and Beta tends to think, what's uh, what's wrong with your uh, YZ250? You just go to Yamaha, YamahaMotorsports.com. They have a nice YZ250. It's really simple. It has a Kickstarter, so you can kickstart it. You don't have to worry about any of these batteries and it's like crazy fuel injection, electronic power valve. You don't want any of that. Yeah. You want a nice analog YZ250X kickstarter. The power valve is completely controlled by balls and gears, mm-hmm. and balls and gears are good. Yeah, Jimmy likes the, the balls. YamahaMotorsports.com today. I, I want a YZ125X, the new one. Oh, that'd be nice. I remember I got to test ride the I, – I did the the test. The intro, the, yeah. For the first one. Uh, no, the first YZ125X. Right. Oh, the well, yeah, the, the the, the, with that new chassis and stuff, then just the new plastics and stuff, the new one will be even better. Yeah, which – is Yamaha ever going to put an electric start on those or are they just going to try and keep them low cost and just keep the kickstart going? I don't know. Because they, they even I've, have a space in the frame for a battery? No, it's it's not. It, it, that's a that's a whole new bike. 
If they do that, they're going to they're going to a whole new bike. And I keep I keep poking around and asking, you know, hey, you guys testing this that? And I, you know, I they don't get any I don't get any real solid info. They never Mm. they they can't tell you anything. But right, I don't even get a I don't even get a a feel for one direction. They've got to be thinking about it, right? Because those bikes sell well and they're great bikes. Yeah, and but half of the reason they sell well is because they're in it. They're less expensive Mm -hmm. and they're simple. And and some people want this. But how but how much so so how much costs would it actually add to just design a little bit? Well, more carburetors are expensive bike. right now. So it's almost yeah. it's almost a even swap to go to fuel injection. Well, I'm not even talking fuel injection. I just want fuel injection. I, oh, you want fuel, electric start? I want electric start on my one Z one twenty five X. Three it's 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 a it's a it's like a three hundred dollars of stuff that you're gonna have to add to the bike, essentially. Uh-huh. But it's a whole redesign of the the, the engine because the cases you have to mount yeah. the starter and the case and all that stuff like that. It's not it's not it's not as easy. They have all the parts. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I love Yamaha suspension. Would love a three hundred counterbalance engine with a starter. You know what, Dave? So would we. So would we. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's any denying. And and it's just like it's just like Yamaha needs to make a YZ three fifty FX. Oh, if they made that bike, yeah. it would kill it. Like, cause, I, I cause feel the, like there's growing demand for it too. Oh, I'm sure there is. I mean, and, and it wouldn't that wouldn't be that hard to build. Just over, but the thing is, they're building that 250 engine to just be just enough to handle 250. And if mm-hmm. they go to 350, like we were talking about this, I was riding something today. Okay, I'm we're, gonna, we're, yeah, hold let's, on. Let's, I'm let's talk at the about time. me. We, we we need to start going into your story here. Yeah, my story. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you my story. So, so um, I saw. So I was talking with my good friend Ray Conway mm-hmm. at the AIM Expo. And we were, we were looking at a bike and we said, you know, if that thing just had a Husaberg 650 motor in it and he goes, oh yeah. And, and because he rode, he was, he was Honda's PR guy and he would have to come out on tests when we, we did, we were doing different things and he got a chance to ride this Husaberg 650 that was a long haul bike at Dirt Rider Magazine. So it was a bike that we took and we and we we ran that. I know two different times we ran it in twenty four hour events. We almost won the six hour. Myself and a, a kid named Ryan Orr almost won the six hours of Glen Helen on that bike, except we got a flat tire. And I mean, this was a really good bike. And I've never and and I still talk to this day. It's the only bike on certain uphill sand uphill climbs that we bang up shifts on, and it keeps pulling. Like you're on the the fastest other bike. And you, you come into the hill in third and you downshift to second. And this thing, you come in there in third and you upshift to fourth. And the only reason you have to go back down to third is because you can't make the turns on the hill. Right. It just makes freaking power. So anyways, Ray and I were talking about the, this. Oh, yeah. We just went down like memory lane. And and I still remember how much power that bike had, just the torque and the acceleration. I think the 550 was technically a better motor because it revved farther. I don't think it made as much power. It definitely didn't have as much torque. This is an old Husaberg, by the way. It was, they were assembled by KTM, but it was the old Husaberg design. And so lo lo and behold, the next day, thumbing through social media there, I look on the the Facebooks and I'm on some Husaberg group. Imagine that. Mm -hmm. And some guy has a picture of two KTM or two Husaberg 650s for sale in California. And I text him back like right away. And because I don't, I don't know if he said the price or whatever, but I got, I got the price and I said, 
I said, I'm, I'm going to, I want to buy these. I said, because they look like they're mechanic. I said, give me a call. We'll talk about it. And I don't know if he called me. I don't know if he put the price up there, whatever it was. But I talked to him. The guy's legit. He, he, and the way I knew he was legit is he said, and he's a bike restorer guy. He said, he said, these are my personal bikes. I ride them a lot. And he described the bikes and I knew, knew what he was talking about. It was like, we're all talking the same language. There's mm-hmm. only a few people that have ridden bikes like this. And I said, okay, I, I want to buy them. I got to go to Mexico for a week. Can you, can you pull down? Like, do I need to send you a deposit or something like that? If they're what you say they are, I'm buying them. And <clears throat> so, and then I called Ray said, Hey Ray, you got 4,000 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you want, you want to, you want to, you want to Hoosberg? Uh, so, um, uh, Ray consulted with his wife or maybe didn't tell her. And next thing you know, we're, we're going down Hoosberg lane. I was just going to buy them myself, but I knew Ray, we talked about it. Like it, it was divine intervention. So I, I'm a proud owner of two, a 2002 and a 2008. Husaberg 650, FE 650s. So one's a made in Sweden one and one's the made in Austria one. And so I went there to look at them and they're in pretty good shape for, you know, being nearly 20 year old bikes. And, you know, one of them had to get pull started behind a truck and the other one fired pretty much fired right up. But, they, they were, there was little things that, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, God, they're old and they're hard to get parts for and all this stuff like that. But anyways, I rode them down the street and the very first time I cracked the throttle in third gear, just rolled the throttle on third gear. <laughs> I, th- I knew there was eight grand was leaving my wallet. <laughs> right there on the spot. Uh, it was done. It was a done deal. So it, it's, it's like. So I got him, got him back here today. It's kind of my day off and, uh, started wheedling with them and, uh, changed the oil, checked everything, checked everything out pretty much as advertised, you know, the normal things. And then I went and rode it today and, you know, I, midlife crisis full deep in the addiction. I don't know where I'm at with this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Every time I cracked that throttle and rolled it on, whether it was just a smooth roll and I just nailed it and it just barked and that thing pulled. And we don't have hills around here. So right. you can't really feel it. But like in fourth gear, you roll the thing on, the front wheel comes off the ground. <laughs> oh. It just it just pulls. And it and that thing for a 650, it revs like it re- it sure it vibrates and it sounds like there's a bunch of loose ball bearings inside the motor. And you know, the handling's Comparable with the KTM RFS. It's a little bit better, actually. They're a little more stable. Mm-hmm. I hate to use the F word, but man, what a good bike. Yeah. Just such a, just the uh, money well spent, you know, Jimmy. Good, good job. You know, you, you, it, and if the thing blew up tomorrow, I had, I got, I got to refeel that experience. It was, it, it's like, and, and I talk about the 570 all the time. And I know the 570 makes a lot of power and it's fuel injected. It's good. But this, these things are, so I talked, texted my buddy, Dave, you know, Dave Donatoni, Dave, I showed him a picture. I said, look closely at this picture. I had the one that I was kind of working on. I had the valve cover off because I was resealing some stuff. And, and the other one was in the background and he's like, we got to go rip some sand washes now. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I'm like, yeah, come on out. 
And and uh yeah, they they're they're the the 650 is it's just something to be experienced. It's like a fine wine. It's like you're just gonna overpay. And and I'm the last guy that would ever like Oh, I do it with tequila, but I'd actually, I don't buy the, te- the expensive tequila. It's always gifted to me. Right. I mean, I, I find the cheap one that tastes like the expensive one, or it gives me the same experience. I probably will, you know, enjoy the finer things at some point, but I still feel like I'm saving for the, the doomsday or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I may have just bought doomsday. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just bought your expensive tequila. Oh man, that thing. Is, is, are, are so, be- so, so I got, I'm going to put up, I'm going to put up on the, on the, I'll put it up. It'll probably go on Facebook as well, but it'll be on Instagram. I'll do it on dirt bike tests. I'm going to do, and I've got you in my pocket. Yep. And I take off on that thing and you're going to, you're going to listen to it. The beginning's good. Cause I run it through the gears. I was on a road and then I hopped in a sand wash and I kind of started bouncing around. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like a kid. Like when I was done with that, I'm just like, cause I, I had to like, I wanted to just rev it, but I had to, I wanted to, I wanted you to hear just the torque. And like, I was never in anything lower than 30 each year. I take off. I think I clicked into the second when I take off and you can start counting the gear shifts. Yeah. I'm in fourth gear and it rolls on. It's like, it's like you're in second gear, the way it pulls. It just, it just tugs. So yeah, just call me whatever. It doesn't matter. It, and it's like, yeah, the twin cylinder bikes there. I have twin cylinder bikes that like, I bet you it makes the same kind of power, if not more than than the Tenere 700. Mm-hmm. But it weighs half, and when that thing pulls, and today there was good traction, dirt's wet. Yeah, and when it pulled, you're just like, oh, this this it shouldn't accelerate this quick. And even the video I posted, today, watch how quick it goes from 50 to 70. Very fast. Yeah, it just it's it's like two seconds, and 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 it was like lifting the front wheel, and I'm 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 trying to hold the camera still. Yeah. Because I'm with one hand on the dry lake bed. Uh, yeah. Dave, Dave Donnelly saying that we know what the next Berg ride is because he actually <laughs> had, he bought some Bergs. Yeah. He bought not, not just my Hoosberg. Oh, he, he bought, bought other Bergs. He bought another one. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Uh, one. But a four stroke. Four stroke, plural. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. From, oh, uh, so from they, around the 2000. And, he, and he's in Perump, right? Yeah. yeah. So he's adding to this Perump. Well, Berg, let me, I think capita. he sent me a picture. I'll, I'll show it to you. He bought some, at, uh, I think, as FE, FX auction. 450 or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, I well, Dave, we might want to talk about some parts because <laughs> yeah. we're all going to need them pretty soon. Let me see here. Yeah. So, so me and Ray are deciding who's getting the 2002. I got to, I'm gonna, I'll get the 2002 all together tomorrow and go ride that and, uh, and see how it is. But it's, it's the old Swedish motor. It's a little bit different. It doesn't have the, it does, it has the old Del Ordo on it, which it still makes power. Oh, they, they, and so get back to what we were talking about is like Yamaha. Make a 350. No, they can't. Husaberg just said, hey, we can make this into a 650. Who cares if this motor is never designed to make this much power? Mm-hmm. And they just did it. And and they they it makes a lot of power. And I we the one at Dirt Rider, I need to go back because I don't remember exactly. But the I split that thing down and split the cases and tore it all apart. And and we had some little issues with some water pump seals and things like that. And I know there was some there was some issues with the other people and I'd have to check into it, but I, we never had any problem with our bike. So I, there's some hill climbs with my name written on them right now. And like Dave wanted to come out here and I'm like, no, we can't ride it out here. Let's, let's take it to our spots where yeah. we have some big ass hill climbs that like, I know guys have said they've ridden up it and I'm just calling bullshit. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they talk about, oh, yeah, I rode up that. And I'm like, no, you didn't. Because I know what it took to get up this. And I know, like, you know, it took every ounce of power some of these bikes had to get up there. And, like, you know, aside from a hill climbing bike, mm-hmm. you're not going up it. So. Right. You're because you're going to make the shift. You're not going to make unless you're running nitrous or something like that. <laughs> right, right. So okay, yeah. There's my day. Thank you. Cool. I'm going to go to sleep now. I think you should do a video or a story on on those bikes before one of them makes one bad one noises. Yeah, yeah, it's coming. I I, I think you no know, because like like people yeah. want to see genuine like genuine people and seeing like your genuine excitement about these bikes and your nostalgia for them. I think you should do a story yeah. like what it meant to you why you like it, the story of the bike itself. And kind of like, it just, I think it'd be fun. You know, it just, it just, I think it's like, you know, when somebody buys like, you know, all these parts, they put all this, they, they take their stock KTM from, you know, 40 horsepower and put it up to 60 horsepower or something like this. Yeah. And, and they get that, ah, that getting, mm-hmm. getting That's what I'm having with this. And this yeah. is, this is a production motorcycle you could buy. And it came like this. Yeah. You don't do anything to it. And it's not a motocross bike. Like, yeah, motocross bikes make a lot of power, but not torque like this. Right. Not even close. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Rest my case. Okay. Next question, Matt. Okay. Uh, so Victor's asking, do you miss the Gawaz bike? Gawaz bike. Uh, if I was going to race a rally in Africa, hell yeah. If that bike had one more year of development in it, the the the, the second BMW 900RR that I rode, if, if we had one more year to develop that bike, it would have been so good. Did but- this- Single the single cylinder rule kick in and yeah that BMW there there was they had some there was some there was some issues with just um, safety and and mm. things and they had a management change and they were spending a lot of money on rally and they were getting ready to go race Formula One so <laughs> other things other things happened and got it I think I I like I I and I think there was a bunch of women out there that and by women I mean other riders that were not man enough to ride uh not that not that a girl couldn't ride a twin cylinder bike but um just being real derogatory here that were afraid of riding the the twin cylinder bikes cuz you had to respect them mm-hmm. you you have to respect that kind of power and that kind of weight and and you could when you got to pull the trigger it was bye bye a little single cylinder guy yeah yeah okay all right, so we need to go into Rooster Endo. Rooster Endo, this is brought to you by tacomoto.co. So if you are needing to get the kind of experience I was just describing with your current model KTM or Husky or Gas Gas, go to the people at tacomoto.com. Tacomo, no, no, tacomoto.co. C-O. Dot C-O, it's not yeah. com. If you put the M there, nothing's going to come up. Yeah, go to tacomoto.co and they will have all the stuff. They are going to give somebody tonight a $100 gift certificate for sending us a picture of their bike, telling us you're making model mm-hmm. and trying to entertain Jimmy at the same time. All right. First one up here is going to be from Aaron Long. It's 2022 KTM 500 EXC. It has a whole lot of goodies coming from bulletproof design radiator guards, chain guide, and rear rotor guard. Taco tuned get ECU, a molecule skid plate, Takamoto titty tail, spelled out titty. Right. Uh, and wrap around turn signals. To, what happened to Cooper? He was here. He hardly talked to me. He, I don't know. His tail he, between his legs? I don't know. He didn't really talk to me a whole lot either. Yeah. He seemed okay. Uh, he, he was on the Instas earlier today. Oh, I didn't see him on the Instas. He popped into Insta. Oh. That thing, that gram. Well, maybe he's still trying to figure out the Why? difference between a tidy tail and a titty tail. Right. Uh, let's see. He feels I like hope he's, he's doing something. better at reading. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Mark that's Endo. It. What? Why do you mean Endo? This. So actually, oh, he's endoing our show. Oh, got it. 
Well, hold on. Actually, there's a crucial element of this photo. So his feet are in this picture, but well, it's the first person that's put his feet in the photo. But yeah, um, yeah. I, I feet, just feet wonder. Picks don't get you bonus points here. Uh, so he's at his enduro cross practice track. It looks like. Yep. And it, it looks like I don't know how he ended up there, like laying down there on the logs uh, to get a photo of his bike like this. Nice ferns in the background. Mm-hmm. The dirt looks premium. It looks like it's. His tires are worn out. Yeah. Tires look worn out. Maybe he's been doing too much spins. Right. Or maybe. Yeah. Probably that. Right. Uh, that's a. That's I was going to say that there's not chunks missing out of them as like if he was. Because my those, theory was. Those actually he, look like pretty good tractor tires for. Oh, for, for the, 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 the tractor tires have nice tread on them. And his, his, <laughs> they have nicer his, tread than the than actual the bike. Yeah. 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 I'm saying endo for that i'm saying endo as well because i'm not liking the tires on that front wheel if he's doing drill cross mm, it looks like a hard terrain tire mm. but uh, you know it looks like a pretty dot first tire is that 606 no i don't know what it looks like huh well, i'm not sure but who uh, uses brand new tires for their drill cross track <laughs> this guy uh yeah it's a mm, it's an endo for me also because i don't like how the bike is Parked in between the tires versus just park it on top of the tire. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be bad? Why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't you nose wheelie it up onto it or something like that? Yeah. Or do a 180 off of it. So endo yeah. for me. Pivot. Yeah. Endo. Okay. So next one up is going to be from, well, I should have my list more in order. This next one's going to be from Steve Smith. Okay. Let's see here. There we go. And this is one of those profile picture. Sections. Oh, yeah. 2015. So grainy that it looks like he's riding in snow. And there's a critical mistake with the submission. 2015 500 EXC opening Mosquito Pass in Colorado in July of 2022. Does not list his mods, but I can clearly see the Acherby's tank. Right. And then uh, that's not a FMF or a Kropovich. What's the other one that you see with a lot of 500s? They, they put the... Uh, PMB end cap on it? No, or it's the bot the, the the Oh, it's a different yeah, I, I can't even I, I can't even tell. I remember. Lex? Well, that's the Rocky Mountain maybe, House maybe, brand. No, I don't think it's Lex. I think it's Yosh. Well, I Graves. Mean, this submission's getting an L. Graves, yeah. yeah. So it's a it's a that's an endo. It's an, I mean, I like the picture's cool. Graves. Okay, maybe. No, the picture's it. horrible. Yeah. No, I mean like the Sorry, the, the subject fact that, matter. The fact is that cool. he's the yeah, the fact that he's opening. I mean, he's stuck. The pass. No, he he's stuck. He's not stuck yet. I don't know. I'm not seeing roost flying off. Well, it could be flying off, but the graininess of the photo. I th- I think he's getting off his bike and ready to push it, which I would do too. But it depends on it depends on what time of day. If you're really crafty with this, you you ride on this when it's either frozen, you know, usually earlier mm-hmm. before you start punching through. If it because if it gets warm during the day and then it freezes at night, you can get over this stuff when it's. A little bit. There's a time when it's icy and you're going to slide right off it, and then it just cracks enough to where you can get traction and go. Mm-hmm. But uh, at least he's not shooting a big old rooster tail. Yeah, yeah. With the endo. So endo for me too. All right. So the next one up is going to be from a Marty Small. Marty Small. Yeah. So what Marty is bringing to this episode of Rooster Endo is a 2015 501 setup for desert exploring, but now a gravel road dual sport bike in Ohio has 14,000 miles, 499 hours with two valve adjustments and no mod list. 
No mod list. No mod list. Well, he's got a big Acherby's tank. Yep. He's got the... He's, oh. got the, he's got the put your hands in the bag. Yeah. Uh, snowmobile hand warmers. Yeah, yeah. That's That shows dedication to go riding. He's got some Moscow Moto bags. Mm -hmm. Does he have steg pegs in there? Or is that the Moscow mount? I think it's... Stay, no, they're stag pegs. They're stag pegs. Yeah, yeah. So he doesn't know how to balance on his motorcycle. Nope. And Which so he did, likes. To, did we talk to, to the? Fall. Did we talk to the, the kid about the, the stag pegs? Yeah, yeah. No, I I don't think I broke into that discussion with him. Got it. I think it was still a little rough. Um, he had only been riding for six months. That's not bad. Yeah. 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 Uh, tank bag, not a fan, but you know he's carrying some stuff. He seems mm. like he's out adventuring. Uh, double take mirror. Yes, it's a win. C concept seat too, actually. C concept seat. That's another win. Yeah, right. Like look, looking at that the the pattern. Right. It looks like he needs some bulletproof design uh, discard. Yeah, not the front run though. Wait, what what kind of what kind of radiator guards you think that's? How? They look like they could be bulletproof they designs. They could be, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm enhanced. Oh, those do look like bulletproof. Yeah, designs. there's a lot of knockoffs out there, and trust me, if you're buying the knockoffs. When when you're when you knock your bike off yep. on a rock, you'll knock off your radiator. Yeah. So bulletproof designs are really stout. His um, clutch cover looks really clean for how many hours and miles it has. Like it doesn't look all that scuffed up. But he also looks like he has rally style pegs on it. He does. He does. Yeah, Mark's on. I'm calling it a roost. What Josh you calling? is calling it a roost. Um yeah. It's I'm not endo, okay. It's an endo on a technicality. Well, it's you know what? It's okay. It's a, the photo is a full endo, like it's yep. it's it's just a shitty photo, by the way. But the compared to the last two, I'm kind of stoked on it. Okay, <laughs> but there's a fatal flaw. Uh, okay, didn't follow the rules. Oh, what, what do you do? We don't have a mod list. Oh, that's right. We just did the mod list. We just did the oh, mod okay. list. Oh, okay. Yeah, Endo. Yeah, yeah. Endo. You got to put some effort into this, people. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's not just free hundred bucks. It's not a It's not a, not a free hundred buck contest. All right, so Dylan Howell is okay. going to be our next submission here. Dylan walked out into his garage one day and took a picture of his motorcycle. Yep. And here we are. We We need to give some photography lessons for our viewers here. No. Oh, right. oh I, it's so funny because I still see the palms burned into the thing. And I'm like, <laughs> why does it say palms on his wall? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Alriaz, for sponsoring. Yeah, Alriaz sponsoring the, uh, the uh, TV set. <laughs> may or may not be from. Uh, Straight out of the palms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so Dylan Howell. Oh, he didn't follow the rules either. So Dino Jet PC5 with map switch. Pro Moto Billet end cap with ultra silent tip. Shark fin discard and Fastway Evo for foot pegs. Complete smog bundle, mo molecule skid plate, TMC fork wraps with a TMC tidy tail. Right. Signal indicator harness, PC racing filter skins and air filter base gasket, metal intake fuel filter, vented airbox cover, enduro engineering lever grips, dirt trick black dome washer, scrambler double take mirror, bar mounted small double take mirror. Ultra, uh, black, those are trick. Ultra. Those little, if you want to like, you know, skate the law, mm -hmm. the little double take mirrors, the bar mounted ones, those are, those are nice. Yeah. I, I his, his mirror kind of looks like a fan though. You notice that? <laughs> it kind of, it does the scramble. The I didn't know the scrambler, it has the scrambler mirror with the, um, with the fan added to it. Right. Hey, remember how seat you, concept seat, bro. Remember how you were telling me uh, when I was first learning how to do some of the photography and videography stuff? 
you're telling me, hey, you know, don't have trees sprouting out of your head in the right. photo. What? Stockholm syndrome, Matt. Yeah, yeah. But you also don't want the uh, fan sprouting out of your mirror. No. Photo. So Black Ultra Slim Oil Filter Cap, P3 Max Coverage Heat Shield, Moto Minded Dash, Reflex Racing Handguards. He even shot it backlit in his garage. Yeah, yeah. XC Gear Mako th 360 Bar Mounts, Orange Fork Shrinks Full Kit, Tokyo Off-Road Starting Capacitor, but we don't know the year maker model. Ooh, another fail. Another fail. Yeah, Endo. Which is a shame because this bike looks pretty pretty good. No, it looks like it has a fan for a headlight. It has a pole coming out of the front fender, and it's backlit. And his garage has palms written on the wall. <laughs> okay, next. Uh, okay. So this are is, we gonna get a we gonna get a five endos in a row? Well, I don't know. We'll see here. We'll see here. Christian. Oh Kalusian. no, my garage! I tripped. <laughs> I, I tripped out in my garage. And I sna magically snapped a photo Hold of on. my bike. George likes this though. Is that big red? Three wheeling's a good feeling. Yeah, that's big red back there. Yeah. All right. And he's got a PW50. That bike would have won tonight, no matter what. Yep. This goes, so this guy, this is, so this is, this segment is also called Roost Endo for Sale. And he remembers when my buddy, uh, oh man, I can never remember names. The the guy with the KX, the, he sent the, he sent the KLX 450. Yeah. But he's a KX250 guy. Uh, Williams. Uh, uh, oh, man. So bad with names. He's trying to sell that to him because he knows he has a collection of like 20 of these. <laughs> I'm not. Is it fate? It's a, that's just faded graphics, right? It's not no, that supposed thing was, to be. That thing was left planned. out in the sun. A couple rats like started to eat through the, 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 the graphics kit. And they were eating up the. Yeah, he's got a gold back rim and a normal colored front. Let's go. What's the list? 1996 KX250, very toasty and in need of a rebuild. That's the list. Like I said, he was he was toasted. Mm -hmm. He stepped out in his garage, tripped, hit the push button on the phone, took a picture of that and said, oh, I'm going to send it in a rooster. And look at the levers. Like, talk about a droopy set of levers. Oh, man, I've seen fun bags on a, yeah, <laughs> better than that. Uh, that's, we've, we, you know what, Matt? Oh no! I'm, you know what? We there, did have a last minute entry. I'm going to go ahead and throw it in because I don't want nothing but endos tonight. Oh, uh, I don't know because this looks like a picture in the back of the truck to me. Well, Josh says ten thousand no low balls. He's got. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Josh! <laughs> you could probably get more for that PW50 in the background. I'm telling you this straight up right oh, now. Wow! Especially during COVID, should have yeah. sold. Jeez. Okay, what do we got, man? All right. All right. This isn't the back of a truck. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I pulled it out of my storage unit. I think I'm going to sell it tomorrow. Oh, that is an ugly muffler. It's, it's, I don't even think it's an FMF. I think it's a big gun that they stuck an FMF sticker on, didn't <laughs> That's they? That's what it kind of looks like. All right. This is a 2003 YZ450F. If it was a YZ400, I would buy it from you right now because I want to do a comparison between a YZ400 and the current YZ450. Right. So if anybody out there has a YZ400, the first year especially, I want that bike. And either I'll buy it from you and or if it's not very modified, if it's really close to stock, I will get it really freshened up for you. And uh, because I want to put it back to stock and just talk about 
the time uh, that it's that it's uh, that just how much stuff has improved. This bike already endos. Yep. All right. Four fifty. Uh, Two thousand three YZ four fifty. You, you, you went for a six pack of endos tonight, man. He- yep. Heavy flywheel, zip tie, suspension, front and rear, jetted by Ty Davis. Front night. Hey, There's if, no commas in this list either. If Ty Davis jetted this thing, it probably runs pretty good. Yeah. So jetted by Ty, Dada, Ty Davis. Front nitro moose triple clamp oversize triple. Okay. The endo. <laughs> I'm, you don't put. Okay. Guess, you got to put commas or you got to put some bullet points or something. I'm going to tell you this guys. Is, this is just one long sentence. He talked into his phone. That's the way kids do it these days. They talk on their phone. So here's here's what's going to happen. We're, there's no winner tonight. Nobody wins. Mm-hmm. We're rolling this over. And next weekend's next weekend, next, this is my weekend, by the way. Yep. Uh, next week's winner, it's double. It's $200. Can, do we have that pull? Yeah. We're not giving it away this weekend. So we're just going to roll it over. We're going to give them two. Okay. You're winning twice next weekend. If you, next week, if you give us a good, solid rooster endo. All right. You know, it, it, it's, it's, uh, yeah. See, Mark said the same thing. Yeah, he's he's right there with me. Yeah, yeah. Mark, you want to come and host this show? <laughs> you want to come produce it? Yeah. <laughs> I can show you the two buttons. The two buttons you put. And a small little square you look at to make sure it's all going well. Yeah, Josh, not a WR400. I, I want to actually I want a YZ. Uh I don't know, maybe next year we can do a WR. <laughs> so, yeah, I um I'm getting you know, it's getting a little passive. There's people with some pretty cool stuff. You just take just take 10 minutes, you know, put the list. And then you don't have to give us everything. Just tell us the main things, the bet we'll we'll pick it apart. Take a nice picture next time you're out riding, even if it's in the snow. And I know everybody's like locked in the snow and it's cold and you can't you can't even leave your house anymore. It's like it's not COVID, it's snow. It locked me in. I'm mm-hmm. stuck. Can't drive. So you just need to go to Nicaragua like my buddy uh, Marco did. Left from Mammoth, just straight to Nicaragua. Said I'm out of here. Nice, nice. <laughs> so if you want to go on a tour down in Nicaragua, hit me up. It's it's on a, like a Honda 150 thing. And it's kind of has street tires, but it's off-road, I promise. <laughs> so, uh, Matt, do we have any other questions? Uh, we have a bunch of other questions. Do oh, we, we do. Do want to roll these over to next week? Or do we want, do to, want to try to rule at them? Hey, I, uh, let's, let's, let's. I think we should. Let's hold them off till next week. Yeah. Do you want to talk about free riding videos on the internet? Free riding videos. Yeah, there's a lot of free ride videos on the internet. Yeah. No, I, I want to answer one question. Because I got a question. And it, 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 uh, it set me off a little bit. So I got a, I got a question through my um, list of people I keep on a list for rally training, and so I you know I I do I do rally training from time to time, and one guy emailed back he's like hey Jimmy I'm I'm really planning on taking your class one of these days that's the way it always starts right yep just just fishing for free information yep. whatever but I'm having a problem in. He's going to Sonora Rally. So, like, okay, so I just narrowed it down to 40 people in the world. I'm not going to rat the guy out. And so I'm going to Sonora Rally, and I'm really struggling because I'm running, you know, brand this tire. And it's it's not my brand, but mm-hmm. it's another brand. I don't even want – it doesn't matter. I'm having trouble summoning the sand dunes, like, while I'm navigating uh, – you know, and, and I'm thinking it's the, I'm thinking it's my tire, you know, so I'm, I run this and like, what, what, what do you think that, what tire would you suggest for helping me summit the sand dunes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, okay. I see, I see this 
I see the notes. You see my one. you see my stress? Yeah, yeah. And it's like so so I I just email back and so so if you want to know who this guy is, it's the guy who thinks I'm an asshole mm-hmm. at the Sonora rally. Except there's probably like six of those, but just he's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like it's not the tire, dude. I I, I said, hey, I say, hey, to be blunt, but it's not the tire. I rode the last time I was at Glamis with the boys, right? Like mm-hmm. riding rally through the thing. I was running a Kenda Equilibrium. Okay. That's the one that looks kind of like the trials tire. And I will promise you that there's 400 better tire choices than that for riding through the sand dunes. And there was no problem summoning any dune in Glamis at any angle, however I wanted to. And it's same thing for Sonora. And I've ridden across the Altar Desert five or six times, no, maybe 20 times, on various different tires from Dunlop 606s, which are not very good in the dunes, to um, Michelin Desert Rallies, to, 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 to Kenna Parkers. Run them all down there. It's not the tire in the sand. It's not the tire pressure in the sand. It's the way you're riding, 100%. Mm-hmm. You have no respect for traction and likely you're out of balance, period. End of question. It's not the tire. And and I, I kind of I, I explained it as politely as I could in, in an email, in, in as short, as, as many, as few words as I could use because I just had to move on, but I felt obligated to answer this question. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so so come and take my riding school. Yep. And and then and then the other thing. So here's the other thing. So Matt, you know you know how you you probably you know would like to be able to shoot guns better, you know, just be just real proficient with the firearm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, I, I wouldn't. Okay, and uh, and you like to sing karaoke a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So you know what I you should come to me sometime and say, you know what, Jimmy, I want to be a better singer and learn how to shoot guns at the same time. I want to, I want to learn both of those things yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And this is where I'm going with this kind of like whole rally training thing. Cause people go, Oh no, I, I know how to navigate and I know how to ride, but I can't navigate through the sand dunes. <laughs> like, what's the problem? Can you not ride through the sand dunes or you cannot navigate through the sand dunes? Which one? Cause right. I can't teach you to do both. And why would I expect you to, and this is the way that we teach in our schools and different things. The way I teach is, Identify the problem, attack it with a solution, get, get a learning program into work on that thing. Mm-hmm. And it's the way I break stuff down. Even when I'm learning stuff, I want to learn the one thing and, and it, you get to the root cause of the problem, figure out what that is, correct that, and then see how you progress from there. And then you'll find out what the, what the problems are. So, so let's, let's, let's start shooting the gun and singing. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Like, what do you, what are we really working on? Right. And it's it but and this is the problem with motorcycles. Well, I can't ride very well and I and I can't my bike isn't that good, so I'm just gonna buy a pipe. Yeah, one of those guys. This this is this is the, this is what I deal with all day long. It's just like it's like it, that's neither of those is the problem. Mm-hmm. It's 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 let's let's really focus on what the what the problem is. That's what we're here to try to help you with. And when 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 you ask 
questions in the chat or give me an answer or something like the like the 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 this the really nice guy that that that, that zoomed in and was asking about the maintenance. Kind of gave him an honest answer. It's like, do I have a maintenance program? Not really. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I have a very specific maintenance program that's super fluid based on the conditions. And your maintenance may, program may differ with your special needs. But so what did I tell him? I gave him kind of a baseline and said, here's where we have to start. Because if he told me I'm riding here and I'm doing this, you know, and I, I could sit there, I could interview him for 30 minutes and I could tell him exactly how many hours I think he should let his motor oil run for or check his brake. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, and I, in, in reality, when I think back to that question, which is a really good question, it's like, I do most of my maintenance scheduling while I'm washing my bike. I, as I'm washing my bike, I'm looking at it. You know, I'm looking, I look at, there's certain things I look at brakes, for instance, chains, sprockets, look for loose bolts. And, you know, I saw when I was washing the Hoosberg today, Yeah, saw the brake. The 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 brake uh, cal- uh, reservoir thing was loose. What was the first thing we walked back in and did? Fixed it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know. So it's like it's like as I wash the bike, I look at it, I give it a thing. You know, when I'm riding it, I'm listening to it. Hey, you making any new noises? Are you performing any different? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I pulled the air filter off because I knew the air filter was bad from looking at it. Yeah. But I also went inside and was very meticulous about cleaning the air filters. It's become procedural. So that's the that's the it's just. Kind of everybody's everybody's different. Everybody has a unique thing, but there's kind of like this kind of baseline stuff that you can always learn from, and just like what are we really trying to, yeah, accomplish? So uh, low RPM, stay on top of the sand and clutch. I Ooh. think uh, Flynn is giving us a new topic to discuss on Butter Rider. <laughs> That's why, why you don't use your clutch in the sand? Why you don't use you don't touch that thing? Well, you can. I mean, you, you do have to at certain times because you need to amplify the power. Right, right. But talk about how to use the clutch on better rider. Yeah, we should do, talk about that. Yeah, but I, I guess I'm just saying. Yeah. Victor wants him to put a front discard on it. It'll yep. help keep the front end down, you know, from wheeling if you're on yeah. a Hoosberg. Uh, <laughs> don't come to me with a problem unless you have a solution. <laughs> May not be the right solution, but at least you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, that's that's well. No, if if you're asking about. If you're asking about a problem, you 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 you, sh- you should be receptive to getting somebody. You know, if you're asking an opinion, you should be receptive to getting a a, a solution. But mm-hmm. if I, I would tell you I don't know, or I'll say mm, not really sure about this, but this is what I would do. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty clear about that. But there's things I know, and and it's from experience more than anything else. And I've made some. The best thing about making a mistake is I learn something. In in the end, it's yep. it's I I I I don't like making mistakes. You know when and when things go wrong, I always you know when they're going wrong, man, it's not good. It's you don't you know whatever it is. It's I don't like being there and I'm suffering through it and I'm getting through it and I'm not doing my best thinking. And a lot of times when I when I'm finally done with that, whatever the wrong is, I literally like to stop. Go. What did I learn from this? How could I've made it better? And right. that's that's the uh, that's uh, how how I think you know when when you start thinking about these motorcycle problems, it's not buy more shit. Right. I mean, it's great for the economy, <laughs> yeah. but but ask yourself. Oh, come and take my riding school. By the way, the the free riding school guarantee uh, for anybody who who somehow lets me know they heard about it on this tech talk tech talk taco Tuesday show. This is show number one seventy eight. Uh, you let me know. Come to my class in a couple weeks. It's on March. May, Mar, May, March, March 11th and 12th, March 11th and 12th. Um, 
let us know through jimmylewisoffroad.com. And I will give you a six-month money-back guarantee that you will become a much better and more aware rider. And, uh, yeah, so there we go. Cool. This show would not be possible without the help of Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Fast Company, C-Concepts, Bulletproof Designs, and Double Take Mirrors. You can always support us through our Rocky Mountain and Amazon links. Matt, do you have anything else? Nope. Just, Where are you uh, singing karaoke at this weekend? Probably Poor House. The Poor House. We'll see. We'll see. Right. I, got, I got swing dancing as well. So. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I dance and I sing and I ride dirt bikes. Oh, boy. And I can do physics every now and then. Right. So with that, uh, we are going to uh, let you guys have a nice evening.